Thanks for tuning in to Comedy Album Book Club. This week, we have an interview with Toronto-based comedian Olivia Stadler. She was on our very first episode, having only been doing comedy for about two months at that point. I had hoped to have her on again a while ago just to check in, uh, see where she was since her career started around the same time as the podcast did. Uh, This is our first opportunity, and we sit down and we talk about her favorite albums, her influences, and her, her comedy journey. Also, I have some really exciting news. The 14th Annual Toronto Sketch Comedy Festival returns March 7th to the 17th, 2019, with over 75 comedy acts on seven stages. We're happy to announce that Comedy Album Book Club has been confirmed to make its return to stage as part of the programming. We'll record the podcast live at the Theatre Incubator Centre on Saturday, March 9th at 5pm, and we will hopefully see you there. More news to follow with our guests and the album that we'll be covering, but I'm really excited. You can pick up tickets at torontosketchfest.com. They're available now, and we're looking forward to seeing you there. Enjoy the interview. I'm here with Olivia Stadler, who was on our very first episode, which yeah, is like about a year so and a cool. half ago. I didn't know that was the first one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just thought it'd be great to you know sit down and catch up because yeah. when you were on that episode, you were new to comedy. You'd only that been doing it like a couple of months, if I remember. Probably like two, three months at that point. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, we've been going for about a year and a half and that means you've been going you know, close to two years now. And then the yeah, yeah be... something like that. Yeah. I think uh, summer summer is when i started yeah so about a year and a half yeah excellent excellent so um to start uh just the question that we ask everybody is i'm nervous <laughs> no, no don't be nervous <laughs> don't be nervous just just get an idea um but what your favorite albums were and you mentioned um amy schumer's set from the album or then the special women who kill as well as bill burr's uh you people are all the same um so what makes those stand out for you Uh, I just picked two that got me really into comedy. I had a little bit of time last night to watch the Bill Burr one. I've watched the Amy Schumer one so many times, so I mostly remember it, but not quite if we're going to talk about it in detail. I think it's just that they got me really into comedy. Like, that's when I, like, the first time I saw stand-up that made me, like, keel over laughing, that just, I guess their senses of humor just resonate with me a lot. Um so yeah, just like from that point forward is when I got really obsessed with comedy, and then those two stand out as like two comics I really love still. Well, and I think because I hadn't seen, I watched a lot of Amy Schumer stuff. Yeah. Um, over the years, I hadn't seen that particular special. And did you go ahead and watch it? Uh, yeah, I watched yeah. it. Uh, and and I also was like listening to Bill Burr, and and it's like really those two at the top of their game in both of those, mm-hmm. where it's just they're they're, they're like it. Amy's like delivery is like it's very it's very dry and sort of sideways in a lot of ways where she's like she's pulling in character in to- for sure yeah. yeah yeah and she's like pulling in concepts without sort of like she's like going at them from like kind of a diagonal direction which is which is where, where she I think her material thrives is when that's she's like that's a great way to put it yeah she's like almost talking about she or she's like getting to a subject that's like 
it can be like feminism or something like that but then she comes at it sideways yeah it's a good yeah. way to describe it just yeah. really repeating what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> it's just, and, and i and i i appreciate that about her work mm-hmm. it's like she'll tackle these subjects that a lot of people avoid uh-huh. in a really sort of you know upfront way but only after like you know she's starting over here and it's like and then sort of segues through oh you're a pretty person in the audience and then like like yeah. goes into that or or you know talking about you know body image or something like that and it's all all these different ways and now bill burr too is like i thought it's they're very different whereas she's sort of like sliding from topic to topic he's sort of like ballistic and head-on in his delivery yeah. there which i, I like thought what was... he does where he just kind of like says starts with the a really controversial statement like the like uh it's okay to hit a woman or what, what does he say um uh... Uh, was, he's no. like there's no reason to hit a woman and he's just like really I can think of a few and, oh, then, yeah, you're, and yeah, then everyone's yeah. like oh my god and then he kind of like defends himself and it comes out that he's not actually a misogynist asshole yeah. so, but he starts out with that statement to get everyone to be like yeah. what the fuck and yeah, then like kind to, of get, to get people engaged and exactly. draw them in and then he's like oh okay and it's sort of like that's that's what he like I'm, I'm listening to that especially when he was talking about um, fixing things mm-hmm. and just losing your shit and I, I don't know if it's like a you know an irish guy thing because like you know he's of irish descent i'm of irish descent. i do the same thing like I, that that bit where he's talking about ikea furniture and then like having to buy new ones because he freaks out and smashes it up i'm like yeah, I'll, buy both, kind of... I'll buy five and <laughs> smash four if i want to yeah yeah and i i, I have been like there my Bill Burr impression that was really spot on wasn't it's it it's a pretty good question pretty good, good one yeah, yeah. yeah it's a shame you only listen to the audio the because he does a lot of act outs in there i think yeah. that's when he starts i like that you said they're both at the top of their game there i feel like that's both when they kind of that's when they both kind of exploded. Yeah. Like that's when yeah. they both... So, yeah. I think coming out of that was Amy Schumer was doing her show around that period. So uh, Right after that, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, that came right after that. And I think... And Bill Burr, you know, he's been around for a long time. But I think that was sort of like when he exploded into the public consciousness mm-hmm. really seriously. So, yeah. And, and, and they're... You can really... They're, they're both interesting. And they're... they're I You know, having seen your set... Um, a couple of weeks, like it's last week or the week before, it's all blending yeah, together. Yeah, Matthew we, came to my show. It's called Literally Dead. It's at Comedy Bar, first Saturday of every month. Yeah, it was a Thanks great show. Out. Great yeah, show. You liked it? Yeah, I did. I did. It was, it was funny though. I was like, we got it's like all the bumble swag. We'll talk about that more in a bit. Yeah, but, yeah. but it's like it was like, it was an interesting audience. It was like this is not the normal typical comedy, typical yeah. comedy audience, but that made it all the more fun because it was like a, a different reaction than you you'd get and it was a good energy and everything and it was terrific but um yeah you're and it's it, but interestingly i kind of feel you draw from both bilber and amy schumer to a certain degree uh, i mean it's your own voice but you know you, the way you sort of uh, you have some and we'll talk about this more but you, you tackle topics in a way where it's like you, you start in one direction and then sort of ease into it and 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 it can tackle some dark stuff in in a in a good powerful way. I really enjoyed that. Like when you're talking about being a dancer and stuff, and uh, some of the implications of growing up and dance. And it's like uh, it's like oh, that's really it's a sly way to get to where you were going. That's funny because that was like a I kind of that wasn't that's not really really a joke. That thing I was talking about being a dancer. I kind of just I was like okay, most like there's gonna be a lot of my dance friends in the audience. I have to like 
address them and like make a joke so i kind of wrote that the day of to like kind of add it in there um but it's great and and just knowing your room and playing to the audience but it was it was good it was a really solid solid material that i really enjoyed thank you yeah. yeah i um I guess that makes sense that I would draw from those two. Those are two of my favorite comedians. And then Nick E. Glazer is my other favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Actually, she, Perfect, I really loved. I forgot about that album. Okay. Have yeah. you seen that one? No, no. I actually saw her not too long ago. Uh, last time we were in New York. So that was in... Did you watch her at the cellar or yes. something? Yeah. Awesome. So I saw her and we also saw Mateo Lane, who I... I got like a man crush on. Yeah, um, it's great. I, I, I'm on. His, I follow his Instagram, and I got to be careful about checking Instagram on the bus the because he's constantly it, constantly naked. Yeah, constantly. Him and Nicole Byer in under underpants. I can get away with, but then he has had a bunch of shots lately where it's just There's him and the all together too. Yeah, so it's, it's like just it's straight like, up looks like you're looking at porn when you're yeah. on the subway. Yeah, and it's very strategically crossed legs. So I mean, like I have no problem with him posting that, but I'm like, it's like that's not something that like you want to necessarily have out in public. Public for sure. Kind of so it's like, oh, I'm looking at my comedians, and there's his butt. Okay, uh, but yeah, so I saw her, and it was it was a really interesting show because uh, that she's she's had a lot of life changes. So the kind of material she's doing now is very different than when was this? Uh, were- this just this past summer. Oh, I'm so, so jealous. So yeah, and yeah. Uh, because I mean, I, I loved her show, uh, Unsafe. I think it was Unsafe? called. Yeah, I no, loved. Not safe. Sorry. Not safe. Not yeah. safe. Uh, so I loved her show, and like there were bits on there that just had us in stitches. Like when she and I think it was Kyle Kinane would get oh, together. They directed the porn and, thing. Yeah, just oh, like so improved off the top of their head porn dialogue, and the the actors would have to say have it to say it. And it's just sex. like. That is hilarious. That is just absolutely. Do you love absolutely... to listen to? Sorry, I keep cutting you off. I'm no, bad at yeah. this. I uh, do you listen to her serious show? Uh, no, no. I, I listen to her podcast for a while. For, I've listened to all of her podcasts. I've been a huge fan of her for like five years as like a human and a comic, mm. and I'm mad at her right now. <laughs> I have beef with her. Do you know Tom Takar? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know everyone. You're a huge comedy fan. <laughs> yeah, That's crazy. I, I know a bit. She fired him. Oh no. They're be- they've been best friends for years. They were like uh like a duo uh in that serious show. Yeah. And she was like, Oh, I'm too like bi coastal, I keep going back and forth from LA to New York, so it doesn't make sense. But he was always being Skyped in. I keep talking about this. My boyfriend's gonna be laughing because I've been talking <laughs> about this solid for two days. I'm very upset. Um but he always Skypes in and you can never tell when they're doing the show mm-hmm. that he's even not there. Yeah. It's crazy. But then she just announced that it's his last week and you could tell he was not happy about it. He was just like, yep, uh, sure. Like when she was just being like, it doesn't make sense. He's like, yeah, sure. Just oh, super not happy about it. And I'm really not happy about it. Nick, he's yeah. not being a good friend. Well, I, I, like looking at her material, it's, it really does seem like she's in a place of flux right now yeah like it's she's true. and she's like really on i feel like she's about to explode yeah i mean especially like i watched the dancing with the stars yeah with her and she's it's so like, bad yeah it's, it's like oh, i love your comedy oh i love uh, you nikki but you're not listening i was yeah. gonna say i like, apologized to her as if you would ever hear this <laughs> but it's yeah this is like it was it was interesting watching but that's sort of like that okay, there's going to be a lot more eyes on her now because she's exposed to a totally. demographic that, you know, didn't see her before. And uh, it's curious. It's, it's inter- it'll be interesting to watch where her career goes from here and how her material is going to evolve. Um, I, I, I've, I've always enjoyed it, so it'll it'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. So, um, now, you, like, you started doing stand-up in 2017 in that summer. Um, now... 
what's your uh you know what's your journey been like like how what's it been like the last you know couple of years like going from like open mics and stuff to now producing a show i still do open mics primarily (laughs) i um i was very lucky when i started uh so i started by doing the second city class Mm -hmm. which was very helpful in that it got me comfortable being on stage and i had a few people to go out to open mics originally with Mm -hmm. uh but then it quickly became apparent that most of those people weren't interested in like they wanted to go like once every two weeks as a group together and then get drinks after like yeah. not actually hustle the way that you would if you really want to do comedy mm-hmm. uh but as soon, the first day that i'm like i'm not waiting for these people anymore i'm gonna just do it on my own yeah i met like my best friends now that night and yeah. they're like amazing people patrick and ezra and then from there on we just kind of like built our group and like i ended up starting at the same time as a lot of other uh great great people and comics and a lot of female comics. I don't yeah. know if you know, like Ali Pierce, Hannah Lawrence, Angelica Scanera. Maybe you've seen the names. Yes. All yeah. three of them started within like the same two, three, four, six months as me, let's say. Yeah. And then we all like immediately became really good friends. So I got very lucky with that. Um, it's been fun. It's been hard uh, in a lot of ways, but mostly just great. It feels good to finally be doing something that I've wanted to do for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, how has like you know, you've been doing it for a couple of years, so there's gonna have been some evolution there. Like how's your yeah. how's your being on stage changed? Like how how's your material change, and how how do you find it evolving as, as you've been going on? Hmm. Um. I f- feel like I'm starting to learn how to be a little bit more likable on stage. Mm-hmm. Uh. Okay. Well, one of my struggles when I write is like I always just go to the furthest thing in order to be funny like if i'm writing like a joke about kids the punchline is going to be pedophilia if the joke is about my family the punchline is going to be incest like it like it always just does that because and i feel like that was what's always the easiest Mm -hmm. so i'm trying to get away from that a little bit um but at this point it's still like i'm still very new i'm only a year and a half in yeah Yeah. it's i don't i feel like you don't really choose what you write like when people criticize new comics it's weird because it's like i can i can it took me so long to think of this one joke that i don't even like either and i just have to say it because i have nothing else to say at this point it's like you know somebody learning the piano they start mm-hmm. with chopsticks they're not going to start with mozart's you know yeah. symphonies and jokes are the same way you totally but you people find don't perceive your voice it that way because yeah. everyone tells jokes like everyone plays a part in humor and they don't yeah. it's hard to well, it's that myth of the stand like the the the, the naturally funny person like yeah. yeah there are those people like one in a million who get up and are just funny from the get-go but for the most part like especially in stand-up where you're like up there flying solo for the most part you've got to figure it out you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta learn the scales and, and and figure out okay what am i trying to express here yeah um now when the set i saw you, you did some pretty dark stuff there is that at all cathartic like just going to those places um not so much when i'm on stage honestly when i'm on stage i don't really think about the jokes that i'm doing mm-hmm. I think about the jokes that I'm doing the first five, six times that I do them. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I don't really, I'm kind of indifferent to those jokes. And the thing that's fun about being on stage is like, if I perform well, if I riff something that's funny, if I do better with my timing, mm-hmm. like the jokes, like that's all writing. Like I, I find out if they work after I perform them five times and they work all five times, then I'm like, that's a solid joke. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about it anymore. I'm not even going to think about it when I'm on stage. Yeah. So like, I, I don't, I don't really get any satisfaction out of that unless I maybe like riff like a tag 
mm-hmm. onto it, and then I'm happy about that set. So if I the the I feel best about a set like if I do something different that works cool. because otherwise I'm just doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. I don't even remember what the question was. Did I answer that? Uh, yeah, no, that, that was I did. That, okay, yeah, cool. that was perfect. Um, now you were a dancer before yes. you did comedy. Have did you find that? I mean, it's a very different skill set, obviously, but there's still performance involved. And do you find any of that performance from being a dancer helped in like shape or inform your comedy? At all? Totally. I really think that it did. I I don't know that it made me comfortable on stage because in between being a dancer, which is when you're seven to 18 mm. and then so the years of being 18 to 23 when I started comedy, I was like terrified of doing uh, presentations Um and what else did I have to do? Anytime I was on a stage, I was kind of like nervous. But mm-hmm. as soon as I guess I was confident in the skill set that I was performing, that's when I feel like I kind of like knew how to utilize the performance skill. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, I think what I'm realizing is that I always like that was what I liked about dance. I didn't really I hated being in the dance class. I only liked performing. Yeah. So now with stand up, I get to X all of that because <laughs> the practicing happens on stage while you're performing. Yeah. So all of it's performance. And I and I guess I, I'm realizing that I've always have been a performer. It was just the wrong medium before. Mm. Uh so I do think that definitely helped. And yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm just born for the stage. You know what I mean? Excellent. Just meant but, for it. Yeah, I mean, you you are up there commanding that audience and like thinking on the fly with that that family in the front row thing. <laughs> that was an interesting twist on the night. Whereas like it was one of the comics families, so right? It wasn't a comic who was on the show. It was yeah. Hannah Lawrence. I mentioned oh, okay. her earlier. Yeah, she's a friend of mine. Her family just came out to the show. Her mm. mom was beaming at me like she was my mom. Oh, that's and I sweet. wish she was. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just they they. I have a similar situation that happened to me as as a uh, an eighteen year old, um, where I went to the com- I went to a comedy club with my mother, which was a freaking mistake. Yeah, now the audience or the 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 comics were much more gentle to 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 the, that to them than than they were to to me and my mother. Um, but it was it was really nice, and, the, and you, you everybody was rolling with it. Uh, when I when I went, it was. Oh God, I'm gonna make my, uh, give away my age. Um, it was like '94, so arch grunge. Um, you born. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. I, I love doing that to people and just seeing their face. Like, <sighs> I, no. I, I'm I'm at one with 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 my my being in middle age. I'm, I've come. I've made peace with it. How do you do uh, that? I'm really stressed about aging, and I'm 24. I, I just stopped giving fucks. Yeah. You know, like I, you know, I, I yeah, you, that's you can you can stress about it. And that's just going to make your life miserable or you can just enjoy life. And I decided I'm just going to enjoy life. I'm not going to yeah, worry about it. I would love to do that. That's pretty, that, but that's like, how do you just do that? You can just tell your brain like, hey, stop being, stop hating everyone that's younger than you and just enjoy your life. I, I think for me is when I realize like there's a lot of that millennial hate and I'm like, they're no different than I was. Yeah. Like everybody's like, oh, they're lazy or this or that. I'm like, no, they're not. They work hard. They don't, they get paid shit. And they're just as engaged or more engaged than than their seniors. Yeah. You're just giving them shit because they're young. And I'm like, not that happened to me. That's how it always has been. Yeah. Like, it's like every generation shits on the generation after them. them. Yeah. And like every. And I'm like, I don't have time for that. I like people. I like I like having fun. I like 
you know, silliness. Why am I going to stress about, you know, if I'm getting gray hair or if, if, you know, all the people in the club are younger than me. I mean, like, I know my limitations. I'm not going to go, like, go to clubs. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> oh, gonna, comedy, comedy clubs. clubs. Not yeah, okay. yeah. I, I don't, I don't go to, no, Sometimes I, I think about the fact that like when I was at Western, when I was like 18 and there'd be like a old guy just walking around We'd be like, oh, like I don't want to be around him, but I didn't think about like, oh, he's a pedophile. Yeah, because like so many of us are underage. Yeah, it's it's creepy, and it's like, and that's one of the things where it's like you gotta you gotta draw your lines. You gotta realize there's some things that you enjoyed in your twenties and in your teens, just can't do anymore. You, you can't you can't you know, it's just not the same world. That's so, true. Like I'm jealous of like the idea of being 17 again but anytime i interact with a 17 year old i'm like i oh don't want to be yeah. 17 again no, I, I think back to my teens and and i'm like it was nice my 20s that was a lot more fun but you couldn't pay me to go yeah back there again just because you know you got a world of experience but also like all the crap of like your first heartbreak and the dating scene like the lack of freedom too is yeah. something i couldn't go back to yeah now like, i have freedom but i have so much more insecurity not like like emotional insecurity or mm. physical insecurity i mean like just am i ever gonna have money that kind of insecurity yeah and i mean it it balances out in time it'll okay. all be cool so, i'll chill yeah yeah but yeah so late is my similar experience to that family was uh so it's 90s i was like hardcore ridiculously idiotic like this goth grunge crossover so i had like as like long greasy hair scraggly beard lots of flannel but it was like dark purple and silver flannel with like celtic knots on the back because i couldn't figure out what the fuck i was I doing i can really see this it was it was a terrible fashion mistake my mom was going through a divorce at the time so she's like you know you want to you like comedy you want to come out and we went to the yuck yucks in waterloo and i don't remember a lot of the comics it was funny but i mean like i i always have this bad habit of sitting towards the front and that can be dangerous as you all know how do you make that mistake well at that time that was my first time going to a comedy club and then after that i'm just like i don't think i'm like i want to get a good view and then i true and then you realize that realize oh i just put myself in line like i went to a tv show they're gonna talk to you yeah yeah Yeah. i went to a moisha kasher show and like literally he made me the centerpiece of the show yeah to to the point where it's like i know i i became part of the material and i'm like why did I do this? Anyway, it was nice. It wasn't yeah. mean, but it's like, I, I, this has happened before. I should know better by now. That's a good thing that it's you that sits in the front. Cause the worst part is like when people who want the show to be about them sit in the front yeah. and they make sure the show is about them. Yeah. It's, it's like, Oh no. But yeah. So there's this, there was this woman who I kind of thought, Oh, she's, she's really pretty. I got a crush on her. Like just big sort of Amazonian goth woman who was doing comedy. And, and it, she, she was, uh, talking about naming parts of her anatomy so she then turns to me and goes oh so do you name your penis and i'm like uh, no no and i'm like oh what, what's wrong honey you yeah, because she just did like an extended bit about how she hated performing for university kids because mm-hmm. they were annoying and she's like oh what's wrong are you here on a date and i'm like no you know like, what you here with your sister no your aunt no you, you what your mother and i'm like yeah, so she then turns to my mom and it's like, oh, don't worry, I'll be gentle. And then turns to me and like names my 
junk. Uh, it's so like, embarrassing oh, for a seventeen-year-old. Yeah, like I'm like I'm just like dying inside, and yeah. she's like, "Oh, my little pony," and like gets this huge laugh. Yeah, and I'm like so embarrassed, but at the same time, I'm like. It was a good laugh. Yeah. It's a solid joke. I appreciated the joke. So even at that point, I'm like, eh, I don't mind. It's like adjacent to funny. So, you know, it is, but, but yeah, like going with a family, that's a bold move. Oh my God. Yeah. Going to comedy with your family. Yeah. I went with my mom to Comic Strip Live in New York mm-hmm. and then somewhere else. They, there's like poachers outside of, uh, uh, what do you, what's it called? The Comedy Cellar. Yeah. Yeah. That like pull you to like some shitty show. Yeah, that it happens to a lot of people. It happened to my parents when they went to New York last month, and it happened to mm-hmm. me, and my mom, when we were there. Yeah, fell for it again. Like I kind of, I have pity. Like every time I go, I will buy tickets from those guys because they're usually people who want to be on stage, and that's how they get on stage is by selling those tickets. Yeah. So I'm like, I never go. But if I'm you're like, in New York, just like go to the real one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And there's so many. Um, you know, like the the, the seller and you're a real comedy fan. Like let those yeah. be sold to drunk idiots who are like, "Oh, someone told me to go here." Yeah. You yeah. Know? It, 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 and that's the thing. That that city is like just there's so many options. Like oh, yeah. yeah. Like even if you're like, "Oh, I can't go to this place because of such and such a reason." Then there's like six other historical great places that have amazing people who will just sometimes show up and walk up on stage. Totally. Like two times ago we were walking down the street because I had bought tickets to Caroline's and it was like a weird night. It was like a Wednesday or a Thursday and we just landed in New York. We dropped off our stuff. We took the train down from Harlem and we're like walking through Times Squares and I'm like, that guy's got a lot of weed stuff on his, on his clothes. He looks familiar. And I'm like, we're walking like three steps behind Pete Davidson for like four blocks. And I'm like, I want to talk to him and we're like no no but we didn't we were was this his. pre oh, Ariana yeah. this is like this was his first year so this okay. is like yeah whoa so cool he's so young oh I know he's, he's a kid so good yeah you had yeah. to watch him there oh no no he just finished uh, he had a week where he was doing like every night can you imagine being that successful at like 19 20 it's crazy mind. it's like no no wonder he's had so many struggles because like to move in those circles at that age. And Eddie Murphy was the same way. I mean, he was about True. the same age. And uh, when he landed on this SNL, they were about the same age. And, you know, they both had the same kinds of struggles with substance abuse. And and um, and I, I don't I really respect what he's done with his platform and what he's done with his material. And he never works mean either. Like, no. he's it bothers me that people still find reasons to pick on him. Yeah. I mean, he, they only find reasons to pick on him because he was dating Ariana Grande. I mean, it's crazy that you like when a couple breaks apart, like you have to pick a side and hate the other one. You can't yeah, just be like, and, oh, that's a shame or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And like even she's like, oh, you know, I'm just. I'm obviously not over this guy I was with before. It wouldn't be fair. Like, it was a completely yeah, even Ariana's, like, forgived him. People are mad at him yeah. for her, but she's like, no, I'm, we're good. Yeah, it's a completely amicable breakup. And yeah. then people are, like, all over him. And I'm like, what? Yeah, can't you just, like, relationships end? You know, let it be kind of thing. So, yeah. So, but it's like, yeah, there's all sorts of places in the city. And, like, when we last went down when we went to the comedy cellar we had dinner above and I'm like I'm just like trying to look at the comedy table in the back and like see who's back there I'm like oh is there anybody that got a like a comedy crush on and uh, it was like a bunch of Louis friends so I'm like Ugh. so uh, I'm like okay I don't, I'm not gonna worry about it too much so um yeah uh now you mentioned when you started up 
that like a bunch of people who you've sort of become tight with and a bunch of really strong comedians started out. So how do you find the Toronto comedy community? Like, is it a welcoming community or, or is like there a lot, is there a lot of camaraderie between comics? Um, there's both. Like there's like a lot of hostility, but there's also a lot of camaraderie and there's a lot of great people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very lucky when I started, like I said, but then there's the example of like, uh, another female comic who started like a few years before me and she didn't start at the same time as any other female comics mm-hmm. got in with like a club that's like notoriously like a boys club mm-hmm. and then just like got like what's the word like ex nade by like all the female comics and just had a hard time making friends yeah um, so I don't know it's like I, I think that there's good and bad mm-hmm. yeah um, now sort of a bit of a tangent here um now you're a younger comedian have you found like youtube and social media impacting how you like build out your comedy and and how you develop and work in the comedy world um i don't know because i i'm still at such a new uh stage but i don't know if i can even speak to this stuff i do think that like twitter helps me write jokes Mm. because of that like instant validation of like getting likes so i'll just end up Oh no, the cat's here. <laughs> That's caramel. Hi, caramel. Can I shut her out? I'm allergic. Yeah, you can. I love you. Oh, she's so cute. Um, yeah, like Twitter helps me write jokes and also be constantly writing jokes yeah. because I want to get likes and I I'm more drawn to that like rush of euphoria or whatever mm. when you get the likes. Um, I don't know if. Like the th- Facebook, the advertising helps, but honestly, Facebook is mostly just for bragging and it feels bad and mm. I mostly don't do it. But once in a while, I'll have to remind myself like, no, you have to post that like you did this or that you yeah. are doing shows so that people remember because that's really the only way that you know what like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, quote unquote, level someone's at. Is if they're posting like, oh, I got on this show or I did this. Mm-hmm. That's the only way you know is if they post because otherwise you forget about people. Yeah. So many people just like they just live on Facebook. That's where they they get their news. They know what's going on. They know what shows are uh, coming totally. up. And uh, yeah, and then you know what shows you're not booked on, <laughs> yeah. and it feels bad every time, even though you know you're not supposed to be booked on that, or that you don't deserve to be. So I just deleted the app off my phone. Yeah. Going rogue for a bit. Let's see what happens. Uh, it's one of those things where I like I try to moderate my usage i use it too much but at the same time it's like okay i'm gonna use it between x hours and y hours and for for specific purposes like i'm gonna go on and i'm gonna catch up on like a particular comic or a particular subject or a particular person and then i'm like i'm out because Mm. it's just like it's kind of gross and toxic there in a lot of ways so totally i'm trying to think if it if uh like i have any examples of I feel like there's some comics who are good on Twitter that have gotten writing jobs out of it. Mm. And there's people on YouTube who make money out of that or gain some sort of accolade for that. But mostly I feel like stand-up is like such a purist environment about stand-up that even if you have some status from YouTube, people are like... No, you suck. You open mics, write jokes. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, because there are people, and people are like, "Well, no, we don't respect you still." Yeah, <laughs> just because it's, that. I find it funny. Like, there's a lot. Of, YouTube, I find, is a really weird environment. Oh yeah, because it's, you got all these people who are like, quote unquote, comedians. Yeah, co- yeah, who've never done any of the work. Not even if like. Like you don't necessarily have to be a stand-up. Like sketch comedy, like Lonely Island, do some amazing videos, but they cut their chops. 
doing sketch yeah. you know they they learn okay what works and how is that going to translate to video and you know so many of us are like i'm going to stream videos oh now i'm like 30 i can't stream video games anymore oh now i'm going to do comedy it's like well no you yelling into the mic about some zombie jumping up at you does not translate to you being a comedian i can't watch so much of that stuff who's that one girl that did the dear fat people that calls herself oh a comedian? god she's a toronto yeah, she's from toronto she's from toronto i i I purposely avoid her. I can't remember. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, she makes me really mad when I watch her content. She's also someone that I think Mark Breslin like wrote a post about her being like, please don't associate this woman with our our comedy scene in Toronto. She did Humber apparently and was like, I'm too good for this. I'm going to be famous for my YouTube. I'm better than all of you guys. Yeah. Did like the Humber stage a few times. Like, And and she's like, oh, well, I'm just, you know, I'm making, I'm parodying. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm doing a parody. Well, when there's nothing to communicate that like there's nothing indicating that you're trying to be funny it's just coming across like you're saying horrible things about people i know and she's done like several videos where it's the same and she'll just be gag. like you guys don't get it it's comedy it's like uh i know what a setup and a punchline are though and i don't yeah. see either of those you're just saying like oh i'm a tubby walking to the garbage can i don't that's a really good impression example well, it's, once it's again. Not, but you know what i mean far from what she does yeah, yeah. and it's and, and a lot of like quick cuts and then like different voices yeah it, it, it's like that's not comedy and then that's the that's what's her name i i can't remember um here let me i'll edit the breakout yeah um, i'm very I, I need to know um canadian youtube star and courage so this is her uh nicole arbor yes nicole yeah. arbor nicole arbor she, she's terrible she's terrible and she and it like kind of makes me i'm like should i just like work on my body and do that instead? well i kind of was like I, I dug into like where she was coming from with this because i like i have a like a morbid fascination with youtube culture and how it's you know how it, it i mean it's it's got a lot of potential for positive like getting voices out there and getting material and out there, there are some really funny youtubers i think one's name is alex edelman do you know mm-hmm. who he is no, no he's not like a stand-up or anything but he makes youtube videos that are like legit hilarious yeah and, yeah. It's, and that's what's it. it's like so there's, there's an interesting new platform but like then you got people like nicole so i was like yeah you know, she's like a she was like cheerleader for i think for the raptors before she started doing something like that it's like it's like yeah you just can't just say you're a comedian and 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 that miraculously makes what you're saying okay and it's the only job where you can do one open mic and then put it as your job on facebook and no one can really say it's not true and and, and it's like that undermines the argument for everybody actually trying to work Mm -hmm. in comedy and be you know you know challenging with their material because you've got this dumbass who's just saying dumbass stuff and it's really it sucks luckily she didn't stay in toronto for too long so i feel like we've kind of uh like disowned yeah, her in she, a way like and bieber can go off and yeah. be gross together somewhere. i love justin bieber <laughs> really i don't know i like one song i like uh, uh it's an age thing though i probably i will admit i probably don't like him mainly because it just he came out at a, at a point where he i'm like that where he was like pissing in buckets and like punching yeah, people yeah i like and i mean his his family being like while he's doing that being ultra christian at the same time it's like it's just this like you can't have it both ways like be the yeah. bad boy or be ultra christian but don't don't like make people's lives hell and go to see like go to brothels in in, in central america and then ha- like go to church with your mom and like get baptized in your bathtub you know i know it's really weird 
He's a conundrum. He seems to settle down though. Like to his well, credit. him and Haley are both like they love God together. That's yeah. what keeps them together. Yeah. So I mean, like, hey, so whatever. More, you know, more power to them. Sure. Yeah. If if he's happy and he's not pissing in in people's mop buckets in restaurants, then great, <laughs> great. <laughs> last, I guess, about the last couple of years have been pretty tempestuous within comedy. I have no idea what that word so means. <laughs> it's been pretty crazy. It's been Say pretty crazy. Again? Tempestuous. Tempestuous. Yeah. So wow. it's like it's like a storm. Um but but yeah, it's been pretty crazy in comedy. It's uh like you've had a lot of people saying dumbass stuff and getting called to the mat and getting called to the mat for bad behavior. But it also feels like from the outside um, or from like, you know, one foot in the door, it feels like there's been some good change coming out of that, too. So are you seeing any change from when you started a couple of years ago to when you started to now? Um, I feel like the changes were starting to happen when I started comedy mm-hmm. and then have just accelerated since. Um, as a comic, I, I first of all, I appreciate the that we're like not letting people say certain things anymore, but I don't know. It it is hard as a new comic because it's hard to come up with anything to say at all. Mm -hmm. So when you're, when people are like being like, you can't say certain things at this like beginner stage. Like it's like, we're all just like throwing shit at the wall. And like, there's like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like I could be saying, okay, like say Bill Burr's premise that like, uh, whatever it was, I forget that. Okay There's not, never a reason to hit yeah. a woman. Say a comic who is really not funny had that premise. Yeah, they might be like, just uh, oh my god, I forget the word. What, what's the word I want for X nade? Just like the, I remember like having really inarticulate today. Just blacklisted yeah. from the community. That would be enough. For the, but just because yeah. they're not funny, you know what I mean? Yeah, because so, they can't they can't bring that premise back to where they they have a noble intent when they throw that out yeah. there as the start, but they can't get it back to that. It, it, you don't it, hit it every single time, even yeah. if you are good. Yeah, and I mean I think that's kind of the problem with people like bringing their cell phones in and recording stuff and throwing totally, it online yeah. you know in some cases you're calling you're catching out bad people saying bad stuff but in other cases you're like you know especially in like open mics and stuff like that it's like it's a comic trying to figure shit trying out to figure it out yeah well mm-hmm. it, you're trying to figure it out at any stage but especially when you're really new it's it's really hard yeah yeah um now you recently started uh producing literally dead at the comedy bar yeah um so that was sponsored by bumble uh with the proceeds going to courtney gilmore's dream leg yes uh which was awesome um so how did that happen like what what sort of brought that all together oh i've been wanting to produce a show for a long time just for stage time money Mm -hmm. just getting an opportunity to like put my favorite comics on stage uh and having an opportunity to like have my friends see them etc etc so i had been just asking garrett gary's amazing like you can Mm. if you're like a comic that is active in the scene you just message him say this is who i am can i have like a few trial runs and then from there he'll like offer you a spot uh and he offered me like a tuesday a wednesday a thursday and i was like i want to hold out for a weekend spot Mm. um and then i just held out for a weekend spot yeah it 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 was literally that simple (laughs) and how did bumble get involved oh i just have a friend that works with them oh it's it's an interesting fit you know because i mean 
what's funnier than dating? Yeah. <laughs> and it was great that I had people like Jarrett and Pat Bercheron and Kate Barron, who all yeah. are so good at riffing and have material relevant to that, yeah. that they yeah. were able to key into that a little oh, yeah. bit. It all played into the theme of, you know, this, the, this dating I didn't even really company. know that there was going to be like that, like Bumble was going to be that. Uh, engaged engaged <laughs> yeah. like that you could see so much but i thought they were just going to be on the poster and then show up and take some pictures yeah like crazy straws the and crazy straws and yeah. like all and sorts on of the stuff stage yeah yeah like the, the yeah the bumble they were sort of honeycomb shaped posters things leaning up is it, it was interesting it, it made for some interesting material so yeah. that, that was great um now so how is it different producing than performing like what, what how are what are your responsibilities on top of you know doing uh, it's doing stressful promoting is so hard i really wish i took some marketing courses in university mm-hmm. um uh i just i can't calm down about anything because like when you have both on the table mm-hmm. just it's very stressful um it feels good though. It feels good to like have put the show together, and if it like turns out well, like all of the I've produced three shows now, and they've all been sold out, and all been like a huge success Excellent. with comics that I love. Um, so so far so good. Uh, it's like a lot of like diarrhea leading up the week <laughs> until like that kind of thing. You're gonna probably have to edit that out. <laughs> um, it's it's part of the process. It's part of the process. <laughs> diarrhea. It is. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now, um, is it going to be the same host every time? No, uh, I'm going to try hosting. I was just mm-hmm. nervous. And that's going to be probably the stressful part for me. Yeah. I'm not really used to hosting and hosting is such a different skill. I'm sure any of the people listening probably know a lot about comedy, mm-hmm. but having to like pay attention to the show, kind of like comment on what was just said uh, keep the energy of the room up mm. do like the cold open of the show like when the room's not hot yet get the energy up but it's such a useful skill to have hosting yeah. I was just not confident enough when it first started up I'm gonna start starting February 2nd I'm gonna be hosting excellent, excellent. unless I don't feel like it in which case I'll get someone else to <laughs> well, you, and because you're producing you can choose exactly <laughs> you can and say, I really like having all that power yeah it's really nice to um, and like sometimes I'm on a show where I feel like the lineup is like not a good pattern for like getting energy Mm. whatever you know what i mean you want to start kind of strong and really strong um have the whole thing can be strong but you know what i mean so i it's nice that i get to choose like make all those decisions because often when i'm on shows i leave being like oh it would have been so good if they just like asked the audience members that were sitting at the back to move to the front something as simple as that because sometimes there's like a show where there's like 20 people but they're all spread out yeah and instead of like being like everyone sit at the front you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, well, I mean, and, and 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 there's some ebb and flow too with setting a lineup too. You, yeah, you, you, you being exactly. able That's to figure out okay, this person is sort of like a down tempo, you know, Mitch Hedberg kind of thing. Kind yeah, of thing. you don't yeah. want to like like stretch them out, pace them out, kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, awesome. Um, now, do you have a favorite venue um, or a particular night that you really enjoy performing at? Um. I love Comedy Bar. I love performing on that cab space stage. Mm-hmm. Everything about it is perfect, except for the fact that the door is so open when so loud when it opens. <laughs> um, Saturday nights are great. I, I like Comedy Bar because, like, outside of the the cab space, like I like hanging out there too. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I I'm pretty happy in comedy right now. I love a lot of it. I love 
the corner is another stage that I really love to perform on because it's such a tight space, mm-hmm. um, like low ceilings. I, I really like that. Um, yeah. I'm trying I don't to know. There's, oh, Where are other spaces? There's a place that I, I have to go. There's t- well, there's two places. So there's one that's actually around the corner that's a barbecue place. I'm like, they have comedy on Wednesdays. And I'm like, what? That's a weird combination. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm like kind of curious what comedy with barbecue would be like. But there's one place that I, I've been meaning to check out. It used to be... Um, oh, the Burdock. Have you been to the Burdock? No, no. The Burdock's another great space for comedy. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. Well, there's one that used to be... Um, oh, God. Blind guitar guy. Canadian... I can't remember. He was in Roadhouse, um, but he, he's on like Queen. Like um, oh, the Rivoli. I love no, the no. Rivoli it's over, too. a little bit over. From oh the no, Rivoli. I was just talking oh, about myself. Okay, yeah. yeah, I'm not. <laughs> Rivoli is like historic. I saw uh, Kevin McDonald there. Cool. Last I think Robin week. Williams or maybe he's I'm done. He's that performed up. there. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's one of those places that it was like the the place to perform for a long time it's a hard room though it's a like isn't it it's like historically it and notoriously hard, hard yeah but when i opened for marina franklin there mm-hmm. it was such a, like a, it was such a comedy audience yeah and it was such a group like that's the best i've ever done there and it was on an important night so that felt really good cool but it was very full having said that because yeah. it takes a lot of people to fill that room yeah it's a big space it's a yeah. big space and then like you know the kids in the hall getting their start there so i mean like i was like ah this is this is so awesome um but yeah there's, there's a place just down the street it used to be called death in the underground goth club that i went to back in like the 90s and now it's like it's like under uh, downstairs like by a pizza pizza it's like attached to a pizza pizza but like and it's like it's it's a comedy place i'm like is it the underground yeah yeah i think like so. the weed venue because yeah. I forgot to say that that is actually my favorite place to okay. and probably above all of See, them. Is, I'm, I'm curious about that place because oh it used God. to be like a grungy goth bar really? in the 90s. And it's a weed lounge now. It's actually, I don't know what I'm allowed to say on here, but there, you're not allowed what to smoke is, weed there anymore. Yeah, you can it's, say whatever you want. Yeah, no, I, I think I think the weed smoking there is over now. Okay. It's really sad. So I don't, I don't know what's happening from here, um, but that is... Uh, Puff Mama's amazing. Like she, Joey, mm-hmm. her name's Joanne Baker, but she goes by Puff Mama. Like that's her registered business name. Hey. And yeah, she's amazing. Like she's great because she gives stage time to like new comics. And it's like, that's it can be such a good room when it's like full. That yeah. is probably my favorite place to perform and I will miss it, but hopefully it keeps going. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So I am, it's in like, so like the pot laws make it Exactly. Now that the pot laws, like they like, I think when it was like gray area, they kind of just ignored it, turned a blind eye, like slash when mm-hmm. it was illegal, they were just like, whatever. So it's weird that now that it's illegal, they can't smoke there. I know it's crazy. I think it's because like the you're just not allowed to have smoking indoors. Yeah, I think that's like a it's like same, probably the same rules as cigarettes. So they're just applying that across exactly, the board. Exactly, but it yeah, that, that's that, dumb. That, it's, it's, if you're li- going to a place that's literally like a pot joint, like a pot you know, joint, bad pun, but uh, a pot place. A pot joint, yeah. It's it's like you know what you're getting. It's not like, exactly. you know, like people smoking in a, in, 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 you know, the bovine or something like that. It's, and this is, you know, go, going in, you're going to a place with a bunch of hookahs, a bunch of, a bunch of people smoking joints and stuff. Totally. You're going to get secondhand pot smoke. I mean, I don't know this, my office where we are, uh, <laughs> 
I can kind of get hot boxed by the neighbors sometimes. It's pretty bad. I'm like, I'm not a, I don't smoke. It's just not my bag. Nothing against it. Just nothing for me. But there's days when I like I'll, I'll like be down here doing something, and I'm like, why am I I'm really tired. hungry and tired and feeling really dizzy? But okay, and I'm like, oh, in a yeah, good way. Yeah, yeah. They're 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 hot boxing me again. Great. Um, so yeah. So last question for you. Uh, oh no. So two questions. Um, so who are some of the other like you, you mentioned a few people um, starting out when you started out who are who are some of the people in Toronto and that you feel people should look out for? Oh, just like people, people like looking out for coming out or like you know big names, new names, people oh, you see. I always forget people when I do these lists, but my favorite comics in the city are Sandra Badalini mm-hmm. and Chris Locke. Oh my god, they're both so fucking good. If you see them performing somewhere, go watch. Excellent. Um, so I've asked this a few people, and that was kind of a question. Like, like the first question, I kind of if this is gonna. I'm trying to make this my last question. Um, so we, I've had a few people on where they've talked about the weirdest places that they performed. So you know, Courtney Gilmore uh, did uh, a nudist speech, um, and Shanti Marastica did a bachelorette party so have you had i mean you're, you're new you're a couple years in have you had any crazy or weird performance experiences yet for sure yeah i'm trying to remember the, the worst one i've ever had was and this isn't like the craziest picture but i had to perform in like a restaurant first of all i had to travel an hour and 40 minutes for this place Ouch. for no money it was like the, a small town equivalent of a swiss la which i know they have swiss la's in small towns but picture smaller mm-hmm. and tighter it's just like one big square just people eating dinner and then they just set up a microphone in the oh, middle Jesus. of the restaurant nobody wanted this to be happening but yeah. everyone in there could hear there was at least like 50 people that were hearing it but just pretending it wasn't happening. They're, they're there for the rotisserie chicken and soggy yeah. fries. They don't want comedy. Oh, and this is actually reminds me of something that I like I improved on. Like I used to have material where I like disparaged what I look like and my body and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really do well. Like it, it rang true to me, but it didn't mm-hmm. ring true to the audience because they're like, you're like a young semi-attractive woman like you can't talk like this when your audience is like especially that night when it was all like suburban people in their 40s 50s and i and i was like oh this is my clean material because i want to do clean material for these Mm. people but it was like so unappealing to them and that night after that i just threw out all of that material yeah um but yeah that's that's a, that's gotta be a challenge it was like. so bad and I, and I was supposed to do 15 minutes too and that was like the first time i've gotten the light early oh, and i was no. like it was just i was bombing so hard but it was like there was no audience yeah they're there to eat chicken they're, they're, eating, not- they're there to eat chicken and then i another time i remember i it was this weed lounge in like brantford or brampton and my friend Patrick was on stage mm-hmm. and then a guy just got on stage while he was on stage. And I think Patrick had just said something inflammatory. Mm-hmm. So the guy that had gone on stage, it looks like he was trying to fight him. Like he was mad. Okay. And then Patrick was just like kind of caught off guard because we were both probably like six months in at this point. And then the guy, no, I think Patrick had said something about his own private parts. Mm-hmm. He had made a dick joke. Yeah. And then that guy got on stage and pulled out his dick uh, on the yeah. stage. And then, and then, oh no, and then what happened? Okay, I'm really fucking up the story. And then what happened is like, Patrick's like, whoa, like put that away. And then 
he got offended the the dick out guy so then he started trying to fight patrick with with his his dick dick out out. oh yeah yeah and then patrick like said they they got him out like Mm. the security or whatever the bartenders not a bar it wasn't a bar a weed lounge they just got him and they like threw him out and then patrick like said something funny dispelled it but it was a very weird vibe in the room because we're like is this like sexual assault and like to whom because there's a lot of people and like a only woman audience kind of thing it was weird yeah. and then he got off the stage and then the host just brought me up to this weird energy yeah. in the room like the ho- that's the job of the host at that point is to like try to get it back to exactly. a neutral point yeah or end the show i don't yeah. know yeah. no probably just like dispel it and then uh bring me up but he just brought me right up luckily i had some riff like locked and loaded to like say about it and it was Mm. funny thank god um and then i was doing okay and then he not just walked but sprinted back inside and then everyone just jumped on him and then i just ran off stage wow and they did this for no money (laughs) <laughs> there's a, i have a lot of anecdotes that are similar to this i had one guy okay sorry i know i'm telling no, a lot. Hey, no, no. this was my, probably like my second or third open mic um and i went up and then after i went up this guy came up to me and he was just like what's your name and i thought he was like oh my god like maybe this guy's gonna book me because like mm. i didn't know really anything i was like cool so i like told him my name and then as soon as he asked me he went back into the front row and like moved a table and the couch and just opened his legs and started stretching and i was like oh i just told a crazy person my name and then he was on next and then he went on stage and then he went oh i'm olivia i like shopping and going to the mall and pink oh i'm olivia i can call and you just did that for five minutes. What a dick. He was crazy. <laughs> yeah, like, that, that's like, that's like, that's not normal, not right in the head. No, no, there's something wrong with that guy. Yeah. But uh, I was just very confused because I'm like, I don't know if this is, like, you know, it, happen at open mics or, because that was like yeah. my, one of my first impressions of the scene. Yeah, well, it's like that, doc, um, I don't know if you, Patton Oswalt does a bit in his first album or second album. It's his first album. But, um, where he talks about Dr. Pepper, who he's at, I think, Yuck Yucks in Toronto. And this guy is like an open mic kind of situation. And this crazy guy just got on it and did like 15 minutes of drugged out heroin adult like comedy. But he's like, it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. So, I mean, that's, I guess, the, okay. the, 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 the risk reward of an open mic in that you might see something oh, amazing yeah. and then you'll get like people with, you know, mental problems i always wonder like because most of the time open mics don't have audience members it's just other comedians yeah but when we do i always wonder about those people like if they just go home just like traumatized they're all in this like i know what you did last summer kind of like conversation where they never forget about the night that they watched an open (laughs) mic that night that person was working out that new material no that night that that guy sexually assaulted a woman on stage that happened to me once too oh jesus christ it was at Oh, I'm not mm-hmm. supposed to say that. Can you bleep that out? Oh, yeah. Okay, thanks. I was at a show and... Actually, I don't know why I can't say that, but who cares? Anyways, they do this thing where if you're bombing, they just yell out like, okay, improv. And then they 
throw someone else on stage with you and then you have to do an improv scene and we're stand-ups and it's like very bad improv but it's a show designed to bomb and then the first thing he did was he was like grabbing my arm and then he just put his head in my crotch oh it was really weird yeah and then i just left i never went back (laughs) yeah i i started taking uh um improv at second city recently yeah which, how's uh, that? it's great it's amazing it's that's it's, awesome it's weirdly like meditation I I, oh. I I or yoga or something because i go stressed i leave an hour later and i'm like oh and you just kind of like let your thoughts chill. be what yeah, they are i've been mean, yeah. i've been yes ending everything i've been exactly. in the moment but you know one of the rules is you never touch yeah you know? it's oh, okay. like but the new people they don't know that i don't know that and I, apparently this this creep didn't didn't know that either so it's but yeah, it's like ah fuck that sucks yeah yeah um okay well so where can people find you oh uh find me on twitter it's at live stadler l-i-v-s-t-a-d-l-e-r and on instagram at at ostads o-s-t-a-d-z excellent oh and like a literally dead on facebook and come out to those shows for saturday of every month yeah i i was at the first one and it was amazing so i will i will for that i'm looking forward Yay. to the next one so. awesome excellent all right we're doing all the same material <laughs> hey you know then, then you get to know it better yeah exactly <laughs> so, excellent well thank you for coming back and get, you know checking in and thank you so much stuff. for having me this was fun my pleasure Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.